So welcome everybody. Again, like I said, my name is Tom Miller, the owner of Leaders Building Leaders. We are totally focused on being, being uh, the, the choice for uh, charter school leaders and business leaders to help them close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. So you know, again, if this is your first time, welcome. Thank you for investing your time with us. And I, you know, especially you know, during these times, these are challenging times, staying focused is a challenge. So uh, I don't take your time lightly, so I'm gonna get uh, right to it. I'm gonna give you the best information that I have, because uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate to learn from some of the best on the planet in terms of thought, thought leadership and strategy. And you know everything I'm learning is what I share with you. So um, it's my it's my hope that this uh, webinar adds tremendous value to you and your organization. And uh, there will be an opportunity for you know some of you if you want to even go into a deeper level of improving your meetings. Uh, I will give you that chance at the end. So this is an exciting lesson because I can guarantee you that everybody on this call, right, live or archived, has an opinion about leading effective meetings because I'll. I'll be very honest, everybody has sat in a bad meeting, right? So if you've sat in an effective meeting, you know, go ahead and put it in the chat box. Yes, I've sat in a bad meeting. And some of you might be in a bad meeting right now. I don't even know. Maybe you hopped out of the meeting to come into this meeting. Hopefully you're not talking about the meeting you're in. But if you sat in an effective meeting, I see some yeses. And, uh, you know, raise your hand or, you know, jump up. And now, now be careful here because, you know, folks can see you on the screen. So if you're a person... If the person who leads your meetings is on the screen, you may not want to get too energetic. You could just kind of give like a subtle little hand up to the side. That, uh, but, yeah. but seriously, if you ask them, nobody would ever say at the end of a meeting, like outline something like, oh, my gosh, this meeting was awful, right? Nobody says it out loud unless you're reading their body language, right? You can tell through their body language that that's exactly how they feel. But I wonder if you can think back to a meeting that was a, a yes, right? That, a meeting that just absolutely crushed it for you. And you're like, oh my gosh, that, that meeting didn't stink. Like I feel really good. So if you've, had, if you've had a good meeting, if you've been to a good meeting, give me a yes or a heck yes and you know, feel free to be a little TVMA uh, in there. Just, just really tell me, like, how did you feel when you left the good meeting? Like surprised or uh, energetic or inspired? You know, what? What was it? I see a whoop whoop and I see some yeses in there. I see some big capital S's, good meeting, empowered and psyched up. Yeah. So I'm going to share with you what I've learned the hard way as, as long as, you know, research and observation and learning from experts and leading about how to lead the most effective meetings you can. Oh, they're still coming in. A part of something important. Oh, I love that, Amber Brewer. Uh, yep. Emily, more productive, energized, and hype, inspired to work on something. Oh, I love it. Thanks, Natalie. Good meeting. Yeah, energetic, huge, right? It just makes a big difference because bad meetings are morale killers, period. So, so let's talk about um, why, why meetings fail, okay? Why, why might some reasons why meetings might fail? Go ahead and put it in the chat box. Why do you think I mean, there's some here on your screen, obviously, you can read, but, you know, what are some reasons that you think, and I'll talk about a few here that I've seen, a lack of focus, you know, there's no agenda, where the agenda doesn't get followed, uh, there's a poor atmosphere, right, lack of proper controls, uh, poor leadership, poor environment, there's no clear results, uh, what do you guys get, you guys got lack of clarity, not prepared well, info that could have been emailed, yeah, absolutely. And you can all tell we're live because my daughter is uh, blending something. I don't know if you can hear. 
<laughs> Can you hear her? God bless my sixth grade daughter. I think she's making herself some sort of like, you know, coffee, uh, frozen sugar. Hopefully she's making it for me. That'd be nice for her. But yeah, but, you know, people are unprepared. Uh, you know, they're boring, right? Um, doesn't start on time, right? Because they have to wait on someone. Oh, yes, Emily, don't, do you have my notes? Emily, we're going to talk about that. They're too long. The agenda doesn't get filed. Information present. Yeah, there's so much. You guys, you guys, are, you guys are crushing it. They're boring, right? So if you guys know all this. Uh, then why are you here, right? You should already know, right? You already know why our meetings are bad. So how come you can't fix them? What do you mean? I don't understand. All right, so how about, how about when someone takes over the meeting, right? Someone just hijacks the meeting. Oh my gosh, so we've got names. If you guys, if you guys opt into our you know, deeper um, effective meeting uh, program, we've got names for those people. It's fantastic to be able, because you can actually see them in the room like when you're describing exactly what that person is. They may or may not know that they're that person, but yeah, you guys know unprepared, uh, lots, of, lots of great stuff here. So a little bit about me, if we've never met, so real, so real quick, I'm gonna tell you, you know, just who I am. You know, this is my family. You can hear my daughter making her frozen coffee drink. That's, you know, Devin. And uh, my son, Matthew, who loves mascots. So if you can guess who he is in the bottom right corner, like what, what mascot is he trying uh, to be there? Uh, you know, I got another prize for it. My daughter, Devin, she's a rising, she'll be a rising seventh grader when we go back to school. And then our queen, Dorsey, she's uh, 14. And you may hear her come in or out of, of, of our office here <laughs> during, during this call. Some of you have met her in other virtual sessions. So someone said the joker. No, it's a professional sport mascot. So so keep keep on looking there who he's trying to be. He loves, he loves mascot. Yeah. A gecko. No. Not a gecko. So why you might listen to me today, right, is you know, I've got 20 years experience in education. First as an exceptional children's teacher and then later as a principal. And I spent some years in the office of charter schools as a consultant and that's where, um, when I was a principal, that, that's where I did my work on the characteristics of effective schools, which I know you've all read my dissertation. It's such a page turner, but that's what really catapulted me to the office. So I've been doing effective charter school research since 2009. So, so you know, over 10 years now, um, you know, and, and as the owner of Leaders Building Leaders, I get to do lots of great things um, with, you know, with my team. We, you know, travel the world. And uh, we've, we've had some great opportunities providing leadership opportunities uh, with, you know, charter school leadership, school leadership, individual leadership. Katie and I got to teach Paraguay, uh, leadership in Paraguay last year. So, so we've had some really great opportunities. It's not, it's not something with hockey. It is, it is, it is something with um, professional basketball. So I'll, so I'll give you that. But that's a good guess, Kelly, because I know you know that he loves, he loves hockey. So one of the great things that we do at Leaders Telling Leaders is, you know, some of you are in, in these programs that, you know, a lot of you on this call are from our teacher leader uh, consortium. And that's an opportunity for uh, teachers to, to, you know, get out of their uh, buildings and start to learn from outside their four walls. So a big part of this call, like you guys, teachers have to lead meetings all the time. So, so whether you're, you know, I hope there's lots of teachers on this call. I know there's the teachers from our teacher leader consortium are on here. Like, this is this is critical for you guys to learn how to lead meetings. You lead meetings all day, but there was no leading like how to meet. You know, maybe some of you took a how to lead a meeting class in college. I didn't, you know. So the only way to answer your question about 
why don't, if we know why meetings are bad or how they're bad, how come we can't fix them? Is because we've always pretty much experienced bad meetings, right? <laughs> That's pretty much been our experience that we do. But, you know, part of our school leader community is, you know, our school and our teacher consortiums. And we've got some inner circle mastermind groups and coaching for leaders programs. And we've got board leadership academy. We're constantly bringing people together to network and grow and build themselves. That's our whole uh, purpose. It's the only way you can get better by being around others. Natalie, you nailed it. He was looking to be the Celtics mascot. All right, perfect. Boston Celtics. If you can believe that, I don't know how he gets the Celtics mascot. But if you actually go to the Celtics mascot, he actually does look a little like that. So, he, But he has a basketball on his finger. So. so what I want to really tackle today is that, you know, there's only four meetings that you need. Okay, there's only four meetings that you need to have. So we're going we're gonna to tackle that. That's one of our main objectives today. And then we're going to talk about meeting norms. Okay, we're going to talk about creating meeting norms and preparing for the meeting. Okay, and then I'm going to teach you how to cascade communication down to create better team accountability. Okay, so that's, that's, my, that's my objectives of today. And it pretty much hits a lot of the things that you guys had shared. So... So we should be about, you know, 45 minutes or so from, from here uh, to the end. So, um, so let's talk about these, this, this information. Pretty much everything that I'm going to share with you comes from maybe this book, Death by a Meeting by Patrick Lencioni, or uh, uh, he also wrote The Advantage, which also has, has this, uh, you know, concept of these four meetings that you need. Um, and then a lot from John Maxwell and, you know, some other work, you know, from experience, but Death by a Meeting is a book uh, perhaps maybe every administrator should have, and it's a great leadership book. And you would think, you would think that it specifically talks about having uh, less meetings, and it's actually really about having more meetings, just making sure that your meetings are more uh, purposeful in that, in that sense. So remember I told you, you're only going to need four meetings, so that's all that you should ever worry about. Some of you that are in more than four meetings, you might be saying, hallelujah. And some of you who may only have like a meeting per month might be saying, oh my gosh, I just know I can handle four meetings. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be totally worth it, okay? So the first meeting is the daily, the daily check-in, okay? The daily stand-up. So this, this, is, this is a time, it's a great time to just get your daily messages uh, together, whether it's about your, your mission, uh, right, your values, uh, a great time to celebrate, you know, so a win that may have occurred yesterday, right? Just anything uh, positive that you can bring right in to the meeting at the forefront. Now, this meeting shouldn't be more than five to 10 minutes long, and it could just be an administrator meeting. It could be a grade level meeting. Maureen Joy has a whole staff meeting. I mean, you know, so, but it's a consistent time every day, five to 10 minutes. You're just checking in to make sure everybody knows why we exist. Everybody knows where we're going. Everybody knows what's most important for the day, right? So maybe there's, you know, some field trips or some people out or whatever it may be, but it's just a quick stand-up meeting. It could also be used for communicating a, a schedule change, right? Or communicating someone's out of the building. Um, could be communicating, hey, uh, here's a project I'm working on and I need these things, um, right, from, you know, somebody. So, this is a great opportunity. Everybody get on the same page. Start your day with energy and go. Five to ten minutes. Don't try to solve problems during this meeting, right? Don't do anything crazy during this meeting. 
um, focus on the schedule, focus on events. Um, you know, you can ask someone, hey, I need five minutes with you, or hey, I'm waiting on that email from you, right? But it's really about just keeping momentum and clarity moving forward, okay? It puts everybody in a physical proximity to, to, to help keep the momentum and the accountability going. Okay. And some of you are probably already freaking out, like how would we get everybody in a room you know, together at the same time? This is, you know, this is a meeting Katie and I have you know, virtually no matter where we are you know, on the planet. We, we have a daily 8, 8.30 and nothing gets in that way. And sometimes it goes a little late because uh, then we start you know, kind of getting into these things that we shouldn't do. We, you know, we may get into the weeds on a problem or we may, you know, uh, dilly dally. Now, there's only two of us, right? So we know what our schedule is. So if you've got five to 10 people on your group, like it needs to be fast. And it's going to take practice to get there. So don't try to do too much. Just, it might just be a daily check in. Hey, how's everybody doing today? What's something that you're looking to accomplish today? Because that's an important piece. Because then you can hear whether or not your teammates are off track. Okay? So. Don't do these things. Don't get in the weeds. Don't try to solve big problems. Don't wait for people. Right? Just like Emily said, don't wait for people and don't slow down the progress. Okay. Just it's a daily quick stand up check in and it's called a stand up for a reason. Cause if you sit down, you're going to get comfortable. Okay. Give me a yes. I'm with you. If, if the daily stand up is, is clear to you and what the purpose is. Perfect. Okay. So then you've got your weekly tactical, right? So this is your weekly meeting. Um, and this is, this is a, it's a tactical meeting for a reason, right? We are, we are tackling, we are tackling the, the specific goals that we have, right? Based upon our plan. What progress have we made against our goals is what we're, is what we're working for here. Okay. What progress have we made towards our goals? I love it. Yeah, so some of you guys have some have some daily stand-ups already. I love it. All right, perfect. Yeah. So the the uh, recurring it's a recurring meeting. This is a meeting could be every week or every two weeks. You know, whatever you want. You know, to do it, 45 minutes to an hour. That's it. No minute longer. Right. That's it. Just end it. You start on time. You end on time. You have to say important things more than once. You start on time and you end on time. And you clarify the purpose and the preparation for that specific meeting. Everybody knows why I'm coming to this meeting. And it's to set the current reality versus the goals, right? Everybody knows what we're working towards. So in our time right now with COVID, like you're working towards some really heavy stuff. So whatever that, that goal that was set, right, was to, to do great remote learning, right, or to increase enrollment, whatever that tactical goal is that's where you that's where you address it and you focus on what we're doing to meet our goals and based upon the agenda you want to make sure everybody who's in the meeting like, is in the meeting right so you should know and this we'll talk about this preparation later you should know what's going to be talked about during that tactical meeting because you've already prepared and you've already created the agenda so you need to know like how many times have you been in a meeting where something comes up and someone says well we can't answer that because we're waiting for you know, Devin. Well, where is she? Let me know where she is, right? So you should know who's in the meeting, right? Everybody should be there so it goes quick, right? And if one of the topics lasts more than 10 minutes, you got to send it to the parking lot. You got to send it to the parking lot. 
Okay, that means you have to have a parking lot. And we'll talk about the parking lot later, but nothing should take more than 10 minutes to address because that means if it takes more than 10 minutes to solve the problem, you have a bigger problem. And at the end of every meeting, you're gonna clarify commitments. We're gonna talk about that more later. But so your meeting starts on time. You do a quick around the table, like what's, what's on everybody's mind, you know, 30 seconds tops. You prioritize the issues and you go. Right. You just go. And it's, you know, based upon, you know, certain things. So it might just, you know, be based upon whatever your key goals are. So student achievement, teacher observation, student enrollment, like whatever is the key parts you're working on, everybody knows their role and they come prepared because they already know what to do. Now we'll talk about what that looks like later in the call, but everybody comes prepared. Make sense? Now here's the things you don't do. Don't get in the weeds. Anything that brings us, like if someone says, oh, that reminds me of, you know, such and such as mom called or, uh, oh, hey, you know what, there's a problem in, you know, whatever. Like that doesn't get handled during that meeting. Nobody can come in and hijack the tactical meeting. We'll learn, if you come into our program, you'll learn more about how to deal with those difficult people. But nothing comes and hijacks the meeting. They say, oh, that's great. That is important. However, it's not on this agenda. So put it on the poster and we'll schedule a meeting for it. Okay, so don't try to solve big problems during this meeting. You schedule those and that's the next type of meeting we're gonna talk about. Don't wait for people. You know why you don't wait for people? Tell me why you don't wait for people. Put it in the chat box. I wanna see what you guys are thinking. Why don't you wait for people to start a meeting? Go ahead, put it in there. And don't go over your scheduled time, right? Don't allow bad behavior to railroad the meeting. Don't slow down progress, right? Just keep moving. This is a fast tactical meeting because you got to get things done. All right. So uh, some folks said uh, they will continue to be late. That's right. You don't wait for them. It reinforces that tardiness is acceptable. Awesome, Amber. You'll always be waiting for something. And if you do it once, though, right. It's terrible. It, it, it diminishes the culture. And also, good, Kelly, it gives permission to people not to be there. You're eroding the culture when you allow this to happen. Well, I gotta never forget, you know, coming into this one school and we would be there that there'd be a 10 o'clock meeting and we'd all be sitting around waiting. It's 10, 10.03, you know, 10.05. And I'm just looking around like, are we sure the meeting's in this room? You know, you know, there's a couple of people in there. And, you know, so I have a, you know, tiny bladder. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna go use the restroom real quick, I guess. So I go to the bathroom and then, you know, whoever's in there, you know, they like, you know, show up and they're like, oh, well, where's Tom? Well, you know, it just, it just creates all these problems. The meeting should start on time. And God forbid, you know, whoever's in charge of the meeting, if you show up late, that's an issue. If you can't be on time to the meeting that you called, because nothing should interrupt the tactical meeting. Everybody knows it's, you know, Mondays at 10 or Thursdays at 2. Nothing should ever be scheduled. It's sacred. Time with your team is sacred. It's the acceptance of poor results, right? So, so you, you've got your scoreboard, right? Your scoreboard determines what you're going to be talking about. And your scoreboard is all the goals that you've laid out. If you're in our, you know, building a cohesive team your program, we talk about the law of scoreboard a lot. You, you've got a scoreboard, a dashboard to tell you, these are the goals we're tracking. That's what drives the agenda of the tactical meeting. So if there's an unacceptable results, right? 
okay, you got to, you got to address it, right? You don't maybe address it at that meeting because it's a problem. You say, oh, ad hoc meeting. We're going to address that one. So that's the, that's the next meeting, the ad hoc and a strategical topical meeting. Yeah, people's time is valuable. And if you don't value time, it's really bad. Really bad. All right, so give me a yes that you're okay with the tactical meeting. So, so far we got our daily stand-up and then we've got our weekly tactical meeting. Hold on, the queen needs to come in. Come on in, Dorsey. Okay, buddy. Dorsey, meet everybody. Everybody's listening for you. All right, here we go. So the next meeting is tactical. Good, we got a bunch of yeses. Okay, so we've got tactical. So now we're on the strategic meeting, right? This ad hoc strategical topical meeting. And this is really about how are we going to accomplish this? So this meeting occurs, this meeting occurs only when a problem is identified during the tactical meeting, right? So if one of our, if one of our goals is off track, it's not, you know, it's not being achieved the way that we want it to, that's when we, that's when we address this and we say, okay, we're going to handle that in the next, you know, topical meeting. Now, I know what you're asking is like, well, how do we fit this meeting in? This meeting's already scheduled. Okay, this meeting's already part of your calendar. It might not always be used. And this way we don't have to be reactive, we can be responsive. So if someone tries to hijack the meeting with something, or if a big problem comes forth during our weekly tactical meeting, we're gonna move that problem right into our ad hoc meeting. Does that make sense? Give me a yes to make sure that that makes sense, okay? So I would recommend that your, your if you can, right, your first of the week ad hoc topical meeting is scheduled right after your tactical meeting. That might make it easier. So then you just say, hey, the first hour of this weekly time is simply on our you know, tactical meeting. And if anything comes up, put it on the uh, poster in the parking lot. And then when we come to our strategic meeting, if that's the first thing up, then we'll do it. If not, it's, you know, maybe it's, you know, Wednesdays at a certain time or Thursdays. Either way, they're already on the calendar. You might not be able to handle it right there because you may need to do some research and go find some information, right? So what, these are the things you do. You communicate clearly the goal of that meeting and the information needed to execute that goal so everybody can come prepared. So everybody knows exactly what I need to have and do to get there. You could use it for an information meeting, but there's probably other strategic things that you need to address, right? Now you only use these when they're needed, but they're always on your calendar. Okay, and then during the meeting as a leader, you wanna use a yes and approach, right? Yes and, right? Cause you're trying to come up with better ideas. Yes and, you're not saying yes, but, you're not you're poo-pooing on everybody's ideas because if you poo-poo on everybody's ideas, sooner or later, leaders, you're going to be the only one talking at a meeting, and that's not a very good result. So yes and, right? How do we make it better? Make sure only the relevant players are invited. So that means, don't get your feelings hurt, everybody who's in a tactical meeting might not be coming to the topical meeting. And for some of you, you're like, oh, that's awesome. I don't need to be there? Great. I don't need to be there. I got other stuff I got to do. I, got, I work hard enough. This is for brainstorming, planning, assigning, optimizing, solving problems. Like that's the purpose of this meeting in time. And the time is focused and dedicated to completion one task 
Some of you may want to tackle more than one thing in a meeting. One goal is a goal, two goals are a half a goal, and three goals aren't any goals at all. So just focus on that one problem that you can solve during that time. Start on time, end on time, same rules, right? So don't tackle more than one problem. Don't invite everybody to the meeting. And don't run over time. If you didn't solve that problem in that hour, that means you don't have enough information. So get what you need. Put everybody, you know, uh, you know, give them a guideline of what they need for the next meeting and put it right on the calendar. Right? Just go to whatever your next strategic meeting is that you can get to and use that time then. All right, again, I'm going to ask if you guys can mute yourselves on your side, that would help me out. So tell me you got a yes. A yes, what, you know, questions. Anybody got any immediate questions so far? We've got a daily stand-up. We've got our weekly tactical. And then we have our strategic topical, right? The only meeting we don't have to have is our topical meeting, right? We may not need it. But we have to have our daily stand-up, and we have to have our weekly tactical, Great. No questions. For, uh, good stuff we got. Okay, perfect. Now. This is, this is the most fun of the meetings. This is the quarterly review and offsite. Quarterly review. This is for mission and vision and culture and really diving down. And it should be, right, it's got to be away from campus because let's be honest, principals, you guys suck at holding meetings on campus. You just are terrible at it because everybody knows where you are. Everybody knows where to find you. And if you haven't built a capacity in your team to handle like, you know, little fires, they're going to catch you, right? So you could go, you could go anywhere, right? So, so some schools, right, they, they completely do an offsite. So here's an example. You know, we have our, our uh, principal consortium. And our principal consortium is once a quarter. And school leaders come and they meet out of school. And we tour the school. And then they did, you know, do some training. And they get a lunch and networking. Some school leaders use that like they'll say okay after the you know consortium we're going to take what we learned and we're going to you know see how we can implement it right or they'll um right so they'll get a hotel and they'll stay overnight in that area wherever it is because it's across the state uh some of them you know some of them do mini retreats some some you know get a room in a you know local restaurant you know there's a lot of restaurants that have some rooms where you can go to a hotel um, and get rooms at a lower rate because you're a nonprofit. Like anything you can do to get out. I've hosted retreats in, you know, people's living rooms. Uh, oh, my gosh, if you could do it. And if you're friends with Kelly Riley, the uh, Tiller School has access to this um, house on the waterway out in Carteret County. Oh, my gosh, we did a retreat there a couple times. That was beautiful. Right, so anything to, like, just get them out of the daily grind of school because you want them thinking clearly. You don't want them in their emails. You don't want them thinking in the day-to-day. -day. This is a time that's intentionally built for, for deep strategy, deep thinking, deep conversation, really diving into all the data that you need. Make sense? Yeah. Come on down. Yeah. Can the Clover Garden rent this space? I think it's, yeah, it's for uh, nonprofits if it's free. So I don't know what the rule is. I know you have to ask. I tell you, right, I see everybody chatting in there. <laughs> it, but listen, these places probably exist. You just got to, you know, just have to ask around and tell them who you are. Say, hey, look, we're a school. We want to, you know, bring our teachers to this place, right? Or, you know, we want to bring our leadership team. 
Um, you could do them anywhere. Either way, it could be one day, it could be two days, it could be three days. You know, maybe some days like you bring in training for a half a day, and and then the other half of the day is about you know, you know, strategic you know thinking, and then you do like a good dinner together, and then you know maybe you do something at night. Like the more that you can build relations with your team and get everybody on the same page, uh, the better. Okay, because it's all about the organization wide input and you know buy-in for the future. Because while you're in it, <clears throat> where's my don'ts? While you're in it, um, while you're in, you know, the school, it's hard to think about the future because there's so many things flying at you, right? So, I, so the don't side isn't here, but the don't do would be try to tackle um, school-based current problems during your off-site. You know, you, you want to keep it refreshing and driven towards the future as much as possible. And, and the people you would invite would be the people that you see um, most, you know, who are going to be there in the future, right? The ones that you are painting in the picture of the, of the success of the school. Uh, I think one of the best examples, I don't know if we have anybody from Community School of Davidson on here, but they do a quarterly or an annual retreat, right? So this is, so one of the quarterlies is your annual, and they take their entire staff it used to be into the Blue Ridge Mountains, I think, um, at that, that YMCA uh, Blue Ridge place, but their whole staff would be there, and it was in April, and Joy Warner had said to me, if you know Joy, she's so great, she said, um, I asked her, why do you do it at this time of year? And she said, well, this time of the year is hard, right? You just went through that hard couple months of the start of the new calendar year. There's not a lot of days off. We need everybody at their best the last 30 days of school because there's so much stuff happening. Like this is just a great way to recharge and refresh everybody. The other thing that Joy did is they would have all their hires for the next year's done. So they would invite all of them to come too, to this, to this offsite retreat. And so, you know, people are already starting to be part of the culture and build the relationships that they need. So being strategic with your offsite is a great idea. Like how, how can you really use that spring, um, quarterly to to drive uh, the future right so let's just say if we were just going to think out loud here the first quarterly could be about okay here were all the plans that we put in place over the summer here's the first nine weeks data let's get really deep into this and make sure that we're all heading the right directions and see what adjustments we have to make right and then like the mid-year is where you start to start to think about you know the next you know school year start to get those plans in place you see where you are in terms of your data Right, so you just you can be very very strategic with it. If anybody does a retreat, go ahead and put it in the box and tell us what you really uh, focus on uh, during that time. So those those are the four types of meetings, right? So those are the four types of meetings that you have. You got your daily stand up, you got your weekly tactical, your topical meeting as needed, and then you have your quarterly offsite. Could just be one day, could just be for a couple hours. Whatever it is, get out of the building, turn off the phones. And, and just do it. And if you do your calendar right, you could obviously, you know, plan it into your year and then you wouldn't really have to worry about not being on campus when there's, when there's no school. Okay. So let me know good stuff so far. Is that, is that any good for those four types of meetings? Have you already got your money's worth? <laughs> 30 minutes worth? So someone will say, well, Tom, well, can we do this virtually? Heck yes, you can do them virtually, right? So again, same rules. Start and end on time, you know, maybe even cut the time down a little bit because it's easy to get, you know, deep in the weeds virtually. So 
So maybe you got a 30 to 45 minute, you know, tactical. Uh, make sure you take a walk in between, right? Don't, you know, schedule more than half of your day, you know, virtually on Zoom. Um, obviously, even if you have those quarterly offsite retreats, right, you could schedule it out the way you're chunking the information. I've, I've uh, participated in three multiple day conferences that were online so far that were very well planned where, you know, it spaced out everything and the information was high level energy and the trainings were different and it really made you think differently. And they're very, very engaging. So you could certainly do it uh, with a little thought. Uh, you can use the breakout rooms. So if you're using Zoom, they have breakout rooms and you can move you know, people into different um, you know, rooms to go handle uh, challenges. Uh, you might be able to send them a video ahead of time and say, hey, here's all, you know, here's all the data. Or here's the things that we're going to discuss. So, you know, when we get into the Zoom tactical, like we're going right into it. Like we're not going to dive into any data. You guys need to do that work ahead of time, right? So anything you could do to really make sure the Zoom conversation is real strong discussion conversation and not, you know, people trying to find things online or, or read stuff on the fly, okay? Use surveys and polling tools. Let's see what we got in here. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, you read those suggestions, George. Yeah, that's right. I steal them from myself, but find ways to walk and get outside. So, but you can certainly do all these meetings uh, virtually, no doubt. So now the next piece that we want to handle. So now you know in your master's at the four types of meetings that uh, you'll have. But so, but what I want to share there is, so I want to ask what, you know, questions, because I want to go back to this. Um, and I want to make sure like, what barriers are you already seeing? Like, what are you starting to think through like, yeah, this is nice, Tom, but I don't think this is going to work for us. Like, what's, what things have you worried? So some of the perceived barriers are, well, we don't have enough time. Well, if you schedule it first, right, if your calendar is already built that way, then you don't have to worry about the time because it's already built into your daily calendar. It's going to, you know, force you to prioritize, right? The hardest thing is going to be changing behaviors here, everybody, right? But what a time to do it, right? I mean, if we're all in this virtual capacity, we're all struggling with the same, you know, challenges, what a way to say, hey, everybody, wouldn't it be great if we really started to work towards having more productive, healthy meetings and, once it start on time and end on time and, and really get some things done. Cool. Okay, so potential overlapping schedules. Okay, right. So, you know, again, that's when you're creating. So tell me, why would you have overlapping schedules? Because the only meetings that you'll have, right, are those, are those two. The only two that are set on your calendar consistently, right, are your, are your daily stand-up, which is 10 minutes, and then you got your tactical. So let's just say your daily stand-up is, you know, every day at eight, and maybe it's just at the end of, um, you know, kids arriving on the, you know, in the car line or whatever it is, and you just, you're all there. So you just come, hey, 10 minutes, rally around, boom. And then, and then every Thursday at one, we have our tactical meeting. And then maybe you build maybe one or two, um, you know, strategic meetings, you know, like in there. So maybe it's like every other Tuesday at two o'clock. And then, so there's, there's two hours, you know, potentially there. And then it's, you know, every, the other, every other, you know, Fridays at 11, right? So there's, so you got maybe four hours of, you know, potential topical meetings. And then you got four hours of your consistent recurring tactical meetings, right? So that's eight possible total. 
you got your 15 minute um, daily standups. That's uh, that's an hour, you know, an hour per week. So that's another four. So you're up to 12 hours right now. 12 hours in total time together with each other uh, per month. Really focusing on strategy uh, to get there. So you know, the amount of time needed, work-life balance regarding offsite overnight. Yeah, that's true. And you, you know, maybe the you know maybe the overnights you know close enough where you don't have to you know sleep overnight somewhere else. But um, those are like the derail your priorities. So yes, we're going to get to the derailing of the priorities, changing mindsets. Good mindset change. Paying for the retreat for a large group. Yeah, it could be. I want you to really don't worry about money, right? Because I think it's important that, I mean, money's important, obviously. But if you think about the amount of time and energy that you spend trying to figuring it all out in kind of like informal ways, if you just get really aligned to it, like when you think about, you know, the cost, like, you know, if you pay someone $2,000 to help you fix a $10,000 problem, you're making money, right? So one thing that I want you to think about, and um, I must have pulled up the wrong slides, but the, you know, do, do you know how much your meetings already cost you? Have you guys ever thought about that? Like, I don't know if there's anybody who's in charge of finances here, right? But, but, I, but I remember coming to a school and there was like 30, 30 people in this you know, training session. And I started to think about the cost of this half a day workshop. Right. So everybody's hourly salary times 30 every time we got uh, together. And that's that's extreme money. So you want to make sure that 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 time is worth it. So this is more of a reason. It's more of a reason to invest and get better and host stronger meetings because you're actually wasting more money. Right. Imagine imagine if you got really tight with your strategy and consistent with your meeting times you'd actually save the organization money, right? And great employees are free. And all of you that are investing your time here, you are free. Uh, we have two buildings 500 feet apart. So means at the same time, yeah, you don't always have to be face-to-face. -face. You know, they, uh, you know, could be remote, right? So you don't necessarily have to walk across the street or you could, you could, um, you know, uh, flip-flop each time. We're at your place this time, other place in that time. Who would beat each meeting whole staff at tactical? It wouldn't be a whole staff at a tactical. It would be the key people around those goals. So if you, you know, so it's probably, you know, the head of school, um, if you got any assistant principals, a coach, pretty much your admin group, maybe, um, you know, might be. And, you know, uh, potentially you have to bring in a, I mean, a teacher or two, but you probably shouldn't have to because you're not solving problems at the tactical. You're just getting an update on where we are in terms of our goals. Now, one thing that you could do, because your grade levels all have, you know, meetings too, right? If you teach them a consistent process as well, that would help. So she tell us talking about her grade level. Where would SIT fall on this? Yeah. So the, the SIT team would have, you know, their own, you know, set of meetings, right? Or one of your topical meetings could be your, could be your SIT time. The key is creating consistent times where everybody knows things start on time, and end on time, and they have a process to get there. You guys are asking really good questions here. All right, perfect. All right, I'm going to move forward because uh, uh, now we need to learn about how do we set up the meeting, right? So, how do we set up the meeting? Oh, but I was talking about how how like expensive your meetings are. So, if you looked at this plan, you'd have you know your daily stand up, your weekly tactical, right? So even if you only did two of them, two of them a month, 
then you got your ad hoc meetings could be six hours. Your quarterly uh, review is eight, eight to 16 hours per quarter. So you're only spending about 18 to 20 hours per month, right? So 10, 10% of your time in, in uh, strategic meetings, 10, 10% on focused on school improvement, cascading communication in the organization, right? So what I'm really proposing is you just basically cancel all the other meetings you have and adopt these four. That would probably just be the easiest, but only 10% of your time if you do it right. So let's shift to the two, the components of a healthy meeting. So healthy meetings occur when everybody walks out of the room and no one has anything else to say. Healthy meetings occur when everybody walks out of the room and nobody has anything else to say. Because external results are the direct the result of internal behavior. And, and like a marriage or a partnership, you have to, you must repeat the most important messages continuously. But unfortunately, leaders don't realize that they're, they're unwilling to repeat themselves. So like I've already told them once, I don't need to tell them again, but it takes like 16 times for anything to actually start to fall through. So as a consequence, leaders walk away from meetings thinking that they've done their job of communicating either by giving a speech or outlining a strategy, sharing the slides. Now I know how much time it takes me to prepare just for this, you know, one hour time with you, right? To put a talk together. It's, it's, you know, it's hours and hours of not only experience in the field, but also, you know, putting a script together and really, you know, talking through, because I need it to be so clear to the audience, right? But see, you're not the ones who have spent that time. I've got all this intellectual property and observation experience that you don't, right? So we have to think about when we're communicating something in a meeting and we want something to be heard and understood so it can be repeated, we have to remember that you you haven't experienced what I've experienced. Right? So that's a big part. The problem is that the leaders confuse the mere transfer of information to an audience with the audience's ability to understand, internalize, and embrace the message that's being communicated. I'm gonna say it again, because it's really important. Leaders confuse the mere transfer of information to an audience with the audience's ability to understand, internalize, and embrace the message that's being communicated. I mean, think about this. Some of you are teachers. All of you have been a teacher of some capacity. That happens all the time, right? We just, we just assume that we're communicating through assumption. So the leader has to set up the meeting by having clear answers to these uh, questions. And the first one is, why are we here? Why are we here? Because meetings are expensive, right? I just, I just read something. I, it's, it's meetings, bad meetings cost organizations $40 billion a year in time. $40 billion in time and bad decisions and all things. Meetings are expensive. So everyone should know why this meeting is important. Why am I here and how does it impact me? Like I ask when I do uh, retreats all the time, I say, you know, besides the email that you got from your boss, like, what are you doing in this room? Do you really know why you're here? They need to know. That way they'll pay more attention if they know why they're here. And you have to become relentless with your time, right? So the first question is, everybody needs to know why we're here. Then we need to know what is going to be the end goal that we're working towards, right? What is, during the tactical meeting, like someone asked, what are the goals? What are we actually addressing? What are our goals in place? What are the specific outcomes for every tactical meeting? 
What do we aim to accomplish in this time? If anybody is part of our coaching program or is, you know, spend a time with thinking partner with me, the first question I typically ask them is, by the end of this call, what do you want to accomplish? So we have a clear end in mind. So we have something to drive towards. We can't solve every problem in an hour, but we can solve smaller problems to get to the bigger problem, right? So what do we aim to accomplish in this meeting? And all of this should be communicated in the invitation to the meeting. Nobody should be invited to a meeting without knowing why am I here and what are we going to do, right? Give me an amen in the chat box if you would agree. If you don't agree, hang up. If you think that you should just come to meetings and just be willy-nilly, go for it. That's your choice. But everybody should know, why am I here? What are we going to do? The worst. Oh, yes, I've done that. Yeah, yeah, we've all done it, of course. Listen, there's a big gap between what we know and what we do. We know why meetings are bad, yet we still leave bad meetings. Okay, look, I've done it. I've, this one might be bad. I don't know. I'm trying. So the, so the third question is, how do I prepare for this meeting? So I, this is me. Like how, tell me, I'm coming. You've invited me. How do you want me to prepare for this meeting? It's a great question. Start asking your leaders. Uh, what do I need to prepare for that meeting? I see you invited me. And people ask me this, and I love it. And then I go, oh, my gosh, what a great question. Here's what I want you to do. Just bring something to write with and something to write on and an open mind. It could be as easy as that. <laughs> that doesn't solve everybody's problem. But maybe, you know, maybe you want them to read an article ahead of time. Maybe you want them to, to do some data, right? Maybe you want them to analyze something. Like, they got to know because you don't want them working on it at the meeting. And God forbid, if anybody's a board member here, I'm a board member, if anybody's been to a board meeting, like this is the number one problem of why board meetings are pretty bad at times is because nobody's prepared for the meeting. Nobody knows what the meeting is because the agenda just got set an hour before. The you know, packets are being printed as people are walking in. It's horrible. It's unprofessional is what it is. So based on the desire of meeting, like, what do I need to bring? What do I need to be prepared? What do I need to read or listen to or research or have, right? <clears throat> and as a leader, you're responsible to the people, but you're not responsible for the people. And every time that you let someone come into that meeting who's not prepared, and the other five people around the room are, you might as well just be starting to prepare their I'm leaving meeting. You're losing credibility when you let people come to your meetings unprepared. And we'll learn more about how to deal with difficult people in some of our other programs. The easy way is when they say they're not that prepared, like, well, when can you have it done by, right? Good. We will be prepared for when you have it then at that time, and then you have a private meeting with that person after. Because you're losing credibility. Dorsey just agreed with me. So the last question, so we've said, why are we here, right? What are we going to do? How do I prepare? And so what are the expectations for the meetings? Like, what are the norms, right? So what are the norms that you're setting for your meetings? And I would love, if you've got some meeting norms already, go ahead and, you know, put them in the chat box because I think other people could, you know, share. So they could be, you know, no phones or how you, how you participate or what you need to always bring. Like, it's, it's, you know, whatever these are, everybody needs to know. It's really question three helps question four 
because I, I know that if tactical meetings are always about the same five things, then I know this is what my responsibility is to the meeting. If you're the finance person, right? Or if you're in charge of enrollment or whatever it may be, or you're the coach. The other thing that should happen is that as a leader of the meeting, whoever it is, and it, it doesn't always have to be the principal, but they need to validate the attendees. Everybody should be edified of why they're at the table. So, you know, and that you're here because you represent the exceptional children's team and you've got such great experience and you know all the kids and you're, you're a really good listener and, and you ask really good questions. So that's why, you know, I invited you. And Emily, gosh, you just always cheer up the room. You're always so well positive. We just constantly need your uplifting. You're so loyal and you always carry through things. So that's why I invited you, right? So, I mean, everybody needs to know why they're at the table as part of your team. Just validate them. It doesn't take long to tell, you know, people something nice about why they're there. And as the meeting starts, everybody agrees on the agenda, agrees on the action step, right? What we're working towards. At the end, right? At the end, like, what are we going to do based upon what we learned today? Who's responsible for what? And when are they going to have it done by? I'll say that again. Everybody agrees on the agenda, right? Remember I said the agenda could be what's top of mind, everybody. Everybody get 30 seconds. Boom, 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 boom. Great. These were the five things I heard. Let's take them in this order. Everybody agree? Great. Let's do it. Or, oh, those two things, Emily, I like you bringing them, but gosh, they sound really big. Maybe we need to put them on the tactical, but maybe we'll get to them at the end of this meeting. We'll see, but we're not going past our hour, you know, whatever it is. Agree. So when, they, when we come to a commitment, this is how we're going to move forward, right? We end the meeting on that commitment time. This is where like, you know, everybody should be using your Google Docs or maybe you've got it written on a whiteboard or, you know, maybe you've got it up on the big screen. You say, here's all the things that we agreed to everybody and wait, check them out. You all agree? Is that how you understood them? Because this is a time for someone to ask questions and say, oh, that's not quite how I saw that happening. Can we go back to that? Because you don't end that time. You don't get off that commitment until everybody's very clear with their responsibilities and when they'll have it by. If that happens in your meetings, let us know. Because that's, that's great. You guys are heading in the right track. And then agree on a timeline, okay? Agree on a timeline of what that might be. So you got to answer those four questions to get prepared for the meeting. Then you're going to stay on point during the meeting. Woohoo! This is always hard. I got some good stuff. Let me see what's in chat box. Be here, be now. Presume positive. Okay, yeah. Oh, so, uh, these are the norms, right? Choose courage over comfort. Yeah, and, and you have to teach these things, right? And, and when someone chooses courage over comfort, like you as a leader have to validate that, right? You have to actually go back and say, oh my gosh, that's, that right there is an example of choosing courage over comfort, right? Is our phase. Cool, awesome idea. What are your best suggestions for reinforcing norms in a meeting? Would it be advisable to set a norm about how we can handle situations when people aren't adhering to norms? Yeah. Well, first you have to agree to the norms, right? Once you all have like norms agreed, so no, you know, it's no phone, be on time, be prepared, right? Ask questions, be present, like whatever they are. And then when someone doesn't do that, you could say, if you're the leader of the meeting or if it's your responsibility or, you know, maybe you're just a colleague and say, hey, we all agree to these norms, but I see you've checked your phone twice. So help, 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 you know, me understand. Oh, well, there's something going, I got it. We all got things going on. I need you to put your phone away. 
right? You're here. Right now, you're here with us, okay? You're here with us. So you just need to address it in a professional way, but in that manner. But if you don't have the agreed norms, you can't do it. If you don't have the agreed upon norms, you can't do it. Everybody write that down. If we don't have the agreed norms, <laughs> if they're not defined and they're not clear, and if we haven't said them out loud, then we can't do it. So the next, the next steps are we're going to set those expectations, right? So have, so, so have an answer to these expectations. And these are those set prior to norms, right? So uh, otherwise, we've talked a little bit about this. You're going to have underprepared participants. You need to set those expectations when you set that meeting. We've, I think we've hit that pretty good today, right, so far. I'm letting Dorsey out, so I apologize. <laughs> So, how, so just really, I mean, think about it. how much better would your meeting environment be if everybody understood the expectations, right? I mean, communicate the expectations, communicate what a win would look like. You're really creating the uh, desired results for everybody. Like everybody has like, I know, it's like playing a, you know, like a sporting event. Like everybody knows in baseball, here's the goal. The goal is to score more runs than the other team. The goal is to not to let the other team score. The goal is to catch the ball. Like if I'm clear with what the rules are, I know what winning looks like, I can get there, okay? So you have to lose yourself, right, in this, in this process. And losing yourself means getting off of your own agenda and on the agenda of the people that you serve. You got to find them. This is when you need to know what they're good at and really bring them in, engage them and bring them into the meeting. Because you validate them, you, you know, you've, you've got them there for a reason. Make sure everybody knows why they're there, right? Lead, lead with purpose, okay? Lead with purpose. So this starts with the uh, direction. Be clear, be confident, be on track. Allow questions to control the conversation, right? That's all you should do. As a leader of the meeting, you should only be asking questions. Telling people except when you're telling people what a great idea, way to be courageous. I love that idea, good job, right? And everything should fight for its life to be on your, on your agenda because your meeting time is so important with each other. We, we waste a lot of time in meetings. One of the things I do with board meetings is I make a T-chart and I say, on the left-hand side, this, this is all the time you spend on the important stuff and the right-hand side was the time you wasted. And it's usually about a 20 to 80 ratio. 20% of the board meeting, they actually talked about something important. 80% it was just garbage. It was just fluff, right? It was just stuff. Most meetings are the same. Right? So begin with the end in mind and keep that end in mind. Anything that comes in, any idea, any thought. And I'm really bad at this because I'm an idea person. So I'm not, not always very good at meetings because I might say something to bring up an idea. That's when you have to have the parking lot. You got to... That's a parking lot thing, Tom, not now. We're focusing on this. I love the idea, I love the thinking, it's not for this meeting, right? Number four, value who they are, right? Validate what they say. And we've talked a little you know, about that. So when a teacher communicates value, it makes everyone else lean in forward, right? When you start validating what your people are already doing to serve your organization or the experiences that they've had, you're you're validating, right? That's influence, right? So a lot of times if you guys are in some of our programs, like I'll talk about, like, if you've never met me before, 
you really have no reason to listen to me, right? Unless someone else said, hey, this training might be pretty good. You know, this guy and his team do a pretty good job, right? So I'm borrowing the influence, right? So, so like the people around the table, they need your influence to know that, they're, that their ideas are, you know, worthwhile. And if you don't give it to them, they're not going to speak up. Number five is be observant, right? And be present. So this means you've got to watch the eyes in the room. The, the eyes have it, right? So if you watch any room, when a heavy point is made, all the eyes are going to go to who's at the influence, right? You've seen it before. You've seen it happen. Sometimes it goes that very well professionally dressed teacher that has everybody in their back pocket. They know. Everybody knows that that's the person of influence in the building. It's not the principal. It's the teacher that's been there for 15 years. All right, so watch the eyes in the room when a heavy point is made. Okay, you'll, quickly learn, you'll learn quickly where the influence is, right? So you need to give those people an opportunity to talk. You need to make sure, right? So don't be scared of silence. Don't be compelled to talk when there's silence. Let some people up-level the idea, right? Cool, I'm just reading your ideas. Good job. So we got, don't assume everybody knows the expectations. Be consistent in how you respond to. You don't want to remind people. Yeah, good. That, absolutely. You could just start the meeting with that. Remember our norms. Here they are. You might have a checklist. In fact, that's one of the free gifts I'm going to be giving you guys back. There's a checklist, right? It's a checklist to an effective meeting is to start, here's, here's all the things, right? And I'll just make it a Word document so you can start to put your norms in. And everybody knows that we do all these things to get here. Lead others effectively, right? You got to underline their words. So this means that, you know, when you, when you repeat somebody's words, you give them a voice, right? When you, when you say, oh, I loved when you said, what a great point when you said, and you actually finished your thing, right? You, you, are, you are validating it because you're saying it. So Every time a meeting is said, it has a 25% chance of actually getting there. Right? So you want to validate it multiple times to get to the point. So everybody hears how important the room is. Right? So find out what's important you know, strategically. Underline those words of a teammate. If you have to bring all the ideas as a leader, you're in trouble. Now, you may already know, so you're asking questions to maybe build the confidence in someone else to say it, and you're bringing on top of it, right? You're, you're making the idea better. You're, that's the next one. You're completing the thoughts, right? You're completing their sentences. You're going right through. Oh, I missed that creative parking lot. I'm sorry. So we talked about the parking lot a lot. This is where you have those individuals that have their own personal agendas, right? They could cause a disruption. You're just, that's an interesting idea, but it's not on point for this meeting please go right on the parking lot, right? If you have a disruptor, right, you could ask the room and say, hey, does everybody else have the same thoughts or concerns as Tom? Right, if they want to keep, or hey, that's the second or third time that you've brought up that idea in the meeting. However, I haven't seen any like extra steps that I've asked you to do for that. Just like when you have like a parent or, you know, it doesn't matter who it is and it, and they're always complaining about something. Say, oh my gosh, we just talked about that during our tactical meeting. We're going to start an action team. Would you like to lead the action team to help solve that problem? 
well, no, I don't have the time. Oh, well, then I guess, I guess you don't need to be, you don't need to be complaining about it anymore, do you? Right, so, so use that, you know, parking lot idea to get there. Then you complete the meetings, uh, participant sense, right? So you're not going to complete them to like interrupt them. You're just going to add value to their thoughts, right? You're going to extend their thoughts. Keep on asking questions because a good thought plus a good thought equals a great thought, right? To create a greater sense of anticipation, right? So good leaders learn how to complete the sentences of their teammates in their room. And last but not least, confused people do nothing, right? So don't confuse people. Don't make it confusing. Be clear about what the meeting's about. Stay true to the agenda. Don't go more than 10 minutes on any topic because that means you're not ready to solve it. It needs, it needs more information. At the end of the meeting, you take the last five to 10 minutes to get your commitments. This is what we've talked about, everybody. This is what we've agreed to. Check them out. Tom, you're in charge of that. You got that. You have it done by Tuesday. Great. Emily, awesome. You've got this one. Good. Natalie, everybody's clear. All right, I'm going to send out the notes, right? Or right. So we've got the notes, and then you're going to you're going to do these next next steps, which is really going to be the cherry topic. Probably about maybe ten more minutes, everybody. Ten more minutes. You're doing a great job hanging in there. Tell me if you've learned anything. What's what's like maybe the key thing that you've learned so far? Put it in the chat box so I don't feel so alone that I'm just talking to myself here. Hopefully, I gave you at least one good thing out of it. You better hope so, Tom. Right? They've been with you for an hour, so hopefully, there's something they said that was important. So. All right, so now we're gonna give the next steps, okay? So we've got, we've got those nine you know, parts, right? To, to keep the meeting on point. Now we're gonna give the next steps. And so the first one, and again, if you've been in any of our trainings, I always say, what's your act, everybody, right? What are you going to apply based upon this time we spend? What are you gonna change and what are you gonna teach somebody else? Right, so this is your, you're teaching your team how to be reflective practitioners in the meeting, <laughs> right? To keep them present, to, to keep them accountable. It's almost like an exit ticket for the meeting. Tell me something you learned. You're going to apply. That's what I just asked you. I just asked you to tell me what you're going to apply. I just asked you to act right here. Having clear, specific action is good. Overall objective for the meeting, using the last 10 minutes to set the action is good. Can't narrow it down to just one, we'll do it. Now, the importance of the parking lot, that's good. How to deal with derailers. Yeah, yeah, we've got, we just did a lesson on um, how to deal with difficult people. Um, if someone reminds me, I'll make sure it's, it's in our podcast. I can, I can make sure you get it. It's, it's good, it's in our teacher leader program, but I think it's in our podcast too. So teach the act to your culture, right? So this is, what are you gonna apply, change and teach, okay? So that's, you know, something hopefully you got here today. You're gonna change your practices and teach someone else. If so, then I did my job. Next thing you do is you're gonna land the plane, right? So you don't wanna land short of the runway. And when I was like 19 or 20, so you know, 24 years ago, my wife and I, we went to uh, Cancun. We weren't married at the time, but uh, there was one of those, you know, pontoons, you know, boats that had like the parasailers, right? It, it made me think of it this morning. So, you know, he, it was me and my wife and her two roommates, right? So it's a guy and, you know, three girls on this, you know, run by these two guys. Well. Somehow my uh, parasail ended up, you know, like falling like a hundred yards short. I was basically dragged, <laughs> dragged by this thing. And it made me think about this morning. You don't want to land your meeting short, right? And sometimes people land your meeting short on purpose because they're reaching for that low hanging fruit. They're reaching for 
consensus. And let me tell you, everybody, consensus is for wimps, right? Consensus is, is, is status quo. You want commitment. So when you're doing those last couple of minutes and you've got, hey, here's our agreed upon commitments, this is what we're going, if not everybody's clear, if not everybody can get there, if not everybody can agree on whatever the best idea wins here, you're not going to land the plane. You're just hovering. Now, you're not going to go past the meeting time. You say, this meeting's over, and I'm going to spend the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours figuring out what's going on to why we can't get a commitment, All right? So you may have to have some one-on-ones with people. You might need to, you know, gather some more information. This is where leadership comes in. So talk about those, you know, derailers. This is where it comes in. So don't land the plane short. Okay, is that clear? Everybody got that? Parking lot, I like it. All right, I see a yes. All right, Kendall, you're hanging in there with me. I love it. Okay, so don't land the plane. So the next one is recap the objectives, right? So that's clarifying the commitment. Be sure everybody sees it the same way you do, because this is where faulty assumptions happen all the time. We sit in these meetings and everybody blah, 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 and then nothing ever gets done. And then you come to the meeting next week and half the things aren't done, and you're like, okay, well, maybe we'll talk about something else. Status quo land, destination disease, heading for a bad spot. And then, okay, so here's cascading communication, right? For some reason, do not land short of the runway, so. Okay, this is what cascading communication looks like. You're going to follow up detailing what was agreed to, right? So the commitments that you put up on the whiteboard, the commitments in the Google Doc or whatever you're using, you're going to follow up to the whole team. Here's what we agreed to. And within 24 hours, you're going to have a personal check-in, right? What were your thoughts? You had time to process any concerns? What your might first steps be? Now, it's critical if there's five members of your team and they all have five direct reports, right? There's 25 people that are getting this information. So the critical part in this is that, is that, you're, is that you're making sure, right? These three keys to cascading communication is that there's message consistency from one leader to the next. So if you don't get that commitment at the end of the meeting and you don't make sure that that, that fresh information is communicated as though it's coming out of your mouth, the head of the organization. This is where your problem's happening, right? Tell me if you know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, look, this, this is where culture gets derailed. Agreed upon things in a meeting, but actions are different because the culture is the sum of the actions of the organization, <laughs> of the people inside of it. And this is where it starts. We've all agreed to this, yet I see you doing that. Help me understand here. So that messaging needs to be the same for everybody who comes out. So Kelly's got five people that she needs to go communicate that message to. Natalie's got seven people, you know. Uh, Kimberly's got three people. Like, whoever it is, you want to make sure that that message goes right back out exactly the way. Right? So let's just think from a grade level. Let's say that, you know, maybe you're meeting with all your grade level chairs in your K-8 school. So there's nine people. You need them all to communicate it to their teams in this way and so it's coming from 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 your mouth but they're borrowing your influence right they're bringing it down so the timeline for that information should be 24 to 48 hours tops because otherwise rumors start happening and everybody needs to be consistent that's why you know one day is probably 
enough. Okay, and in real-time communication, like now, like now, like we need to move now, there's sense of urgency now. These, these three aspects, because tasking and communication, it needs consistent, authentic, and relevant communication all the time. Oh, I got an amen from Amber Brewer. Consensus is for work, sorry. <laughs> your toes are sore, but it's good. Now it's how you grow. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to step on your toes. Okay, so before we get into any, you know, Q&A, like here, here are your next steps. Like, I think you need to take this information and you need to evaluate and you're like, who needed to hear this in your organization, right? Who is it? Is, it? is it all the grade level chairs? Is it all the team? I mean, everybody in your, in your organization runs some sort of meeting. And you need to make sure that your meetings are run consistently. So take action and let's, let's equip them with better practices, right? You can set up a debrief with me, right? I mean, obviously you can send them this, you know, webinar to listen to and yeah, they'll get some of it. But I mean, to, 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 to change the culture of your meetings is going to take more than just listening to a webinar for an hour. I mean, no offense. If everybody had the ability to do it, you guys would have already done it, right? I mean, come on. We all need, you know, better, you know, training and better experiences. And sometimes you need an outside voice to, like, make it happen. So I'm going to ask you to invest in your team, right? Let's, let's, let's bring all of, your, all of your, anybody who runs a meeting onto a half-day workshop. And let's do it. Like, let's. That's more, you know, we'll go way, you know, deeper on things and we'll teach people how to have those hard conversations. We'll help you create your norms. You know, we'll help you do all those things that your meetings right now are struggling. We'll help you get that done. Not obviously in that, you know, half, you know, half day workshop, but, you know, you'll have the workbook. It'll be a consistent piece, but we'll actually, what, you know, what we're going to do is we'll come in and we'll do follow up and, you know, follow up observations. Right, we could be part of some of your team meetings. We can help you get on that front end, like handle all that front end junk. I've sat in meetings and I said, whoa, 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 why are we talking about this? This, you know, this is a parking lot. So, so normally a half day workshop, you know, for our team is $2,400, right? And it's still a really good investment because if you've got, let's, you know, let's say you've got 10 to, 10 to 15 people who run meetings, you know, it's a $150 investment for the rest of their life, right? You're really, you're really investing in your, the organization, but because I love all of you, we're doing it for $997. So it's a half-day workshop, bringing as many people as you want, and we're going to give them access to how do you build a cohesive team, and we're going to do some uh, group coaching for 90 days with a follow-up. So that's for you guys, only you guys on this call. Uh, and I did say that everybody who stayed on this call to the end, and I've got who you are. I got a screenshot of you. You're all, I'm going to make sure you get a copy of our checklist, right? So you'll have the checklist of what an effective meeting looks like. So then you can go through and say, hey, I feel like we've got these things handled, but here's some areas where we've got to get better. So that's for you. If you want it, you can email me and we can talk about it and see how to work that. We can get it done. <clears throat> you know, you can get it, you know, we'll pay for it this year before this year is the budget's done. And, you know, we can do it later or we can start doing it now, right? Get your team better right now. And that's what we're doing with a lot of groups. So, so what, so what questions, clarifying questions do you may have? Somebody, Kimberly wrote three, three pages of notes. Yeah. Kimberly, you remind me, 
I want to create a workbook out of this too. So that's something I could do to make it easier for you guys. You don't have to do so much writing, but yeah, that's great. I'm glad you took three uh, pages of notes. And so, you know, it's about taking it to action, right? So, so, I, so I really want to know in the chat box, what questions do you have? What concerns do you have? What was the, what, what's your act, right? What are you going to apply, change and teach? And, um, you know, we, we want to help you get better. And, and this is one way to do it. If you can start running better meetings, more consistent meetings that are focused on your organization's core values all the time, and it's just, it's your voice, right? That's where that cascading communication is really important. <clears throat> and if you're part of our building a cohesive team program, there's that lesson in there about cascading communication of why it's important that your voice trickles all through the organization, right? The, what's decided that that meeting needs to trickle down. <clears throat> and when you have those great accountability measures in place based upon those agreed upon norms and values, then I think it was Kimberly, like that's when you can have the conversation. Here's what we agree to, but here's what I see you doing. So help me understand, like just, just help me understand. I'm not blaming you for anything. Just help me come to, I'm just trying to figure it out. Why would you do that? And it could be that they just weren't clear. Okay, well, let me set you straight. This is how we're doing it. These are our expectations moving forward. And if you can't do that, that's cool. No problem. You just can't not do that here. You know, you're going to have to not do that somewhere else. And I'll help you get there. Like, I'll help clean your office and <laughs> pack your bag, and I'll maybe help you find another job. You just can't act that way here because it doesn't serve what we're trying to achieve. Everybody clear with that? Everybody good with that one? Simply, yes. Amy Hobgood said yes. I agree. Good. Awesome. So nobody. So so what's your act, everybody? What are you going to do? What are you going to do differently? Kelly Riley said yes. I love it. I like yes. Yes, is are good. Cool. You guys did write a lot in the chat box here. So nobody has any last uh, questions or thoughts. So at least tell me one thing you're going to do here. I know you gave me some piece. Uh, what's the best way to get feedback from meeting participants? Yeah, that's a really good question, but I, I think where I would start, yeah, you could do your acts after the meeting. I think where I would start would be um, uh, what went well and what do we need to do better, right? So, because as you're changing habits, as you're changing habits, it's going to take growth, right? You, you can't take 10 years of bad meetings and all of a sudden have a great you know, meeting because you went to a webinar. Right? It's going to take reflection. It's going to take awareness. So when you get everybody on board about, hey, I've noticed that our meetings kind of meet this poor meeting criteria, everybody, and would you agree? Yes, God, we agree. Thank God. Okay, good. Well, let's try to make it better. And here's some things I want to try, right? So maybe just take, you know, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. So let's just get us let's just get our norms straight right and then so this meeting and at the end of the meeting we're going to take five minutes and just kind of hey what went well during this meeting and what can we do better well we got off track with that or we went too long perfect yes let's write those down right so i think that's the best way to get feedback is to just start having those authentic conversations so good question bill um Amy said, I'm going to rethink who I'm inviting to me. Yes. And people are going to get offended. It's really funny. Like, everybody wants to be invited to the meeting, but nobody wants to, like, you know, change to get better. 
right? They just want to be part of the conversation. So you can just ask them and say, hey, look, the reason why you're not invited to this meeting is because you're so valuable in these other things that you do. I don't want to, I, I don't want to take time away from you. And I always promise you that because you know that our own agendas are done up front, right? And nothing comes into our meeting that's not on the agenda. So I'll always make sure that you get invited when it has something to do with your role. I think that's how you handle it, Amy. Right? You got to, but you got to, you got to get clear on the front end. Uh, Going to observe first to see what needs to be improved. Yeah, reflecting your practice is good. Time is four. Need to work on getting clear commitments from people. Yeah, yeah, that's a big piece. So, well, listen. You guys did a great job. I'm proud of you for hanging in there. I'll make sure that I send you out in the next you know, day an archive recording and that um, checklist uh, so you'll be able to start to create your own norms checklist. And I appreciate you. And email me if you're interested in improving your team and, and uh, getting better meetings from, uh, from the bottom up, really, because you're creating a bottom-up uh, process. And everybody take care of yourselves. And I love you all. And I'm going to unmute you all so you're going to all say bye to each other. Go for it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. You be safe wherever you're doing. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye.